Good afternoon and welcome to the City View podcast with me, Andy Sylvester, editor here at City AM. In a minute, I'll be joined by Charlie Conchie, our fintech and VC and private equity reporter. We'll go through some of the big stories out of the Innovate Finance Global Summit held earlier this week at the Guildhall. That marks the high point of London Fintech Week, an event growing in its importance uh, alongside the importance of fintech to the wider London economy. First, though, the corporate and economic headlines and the boss of crowdfunding firm Cedars has hit out at UK regulators today, claiming they are stifling the potential of UK startups after the firm's merger with a competitor was blocked last year. Jeff Koleski said the Competition and Markets Authority and the underlying policy from government was still hampering the potential of growth firms to set up bigger businesses, and as a result was choking off a stream of companies who might want to scale up in the UK. Koleski told CCM that there are active policies to block acquisitions by the big companies of British small technology companies. Meanwhile, the Bank of England is expected to hike interest rates at the quickest pace since 1988 this year. Um, the year that Wimbledon won the FA Cup final, beating Liverpool 1-0, if uh, anybody's particularly fussed about that. I think that might just be me. Um, Threadneedle Street will lift borrowing costs probably four more times this year, taking the calendar year total number of hikes to six, according to forecasts by the investment banking giant JP Morgan. The bank's shift in policy stands in stark contrast to last year's agenda, when it kept rates at a record low 0.1% for around a year and a half, despite inflation beginning to take off uh, in the middle and back end of 2021. Rates were kept at record lows to support the UK economy through the economic shock delivered by the COVID-19 crisis and the accompanying restrictions on Brits' daily and spending lives. Rates will settle at 1.75% by the end of this year, reckon JP Morgan, and possibly hit as much as 2.5% a year after. Elsewhere, Lidl has been hit with a ban for two adverts after it claimed shoppers could save certain amounts of money compared to Tesco, following a complaint not from Tesco, but from rival grocer Aldi. The advertising watchdog said the adverts, which were shown uh, north of the border in Scotland, were likely to mislead consumers. One advert claimed shoppers could save more than 35%, while another cited 30% in comparison to Tesco, with a range of Scottish-themed products. Clearly, the supermarket wars continue apace, and it's P&O back in the headlines as ever. Uh, Two new developments after the rather unexpected and rather unseemly redundancy of 800 workers now about three weeks ago. The first employee has brought legal action against the company, considering the chief exec said in a parliamentary hearing that he thought what he had done and what the company had done had been illegal. Um, I can't imagine he'll be the last employee seeking to get uh, legal redress on this front. Uh, And secondly, the company announcing today they're hoping to get three ships back into service. It was announced that uh, apparently unrelated to the crewing issues, uh, one of the engines on one of the ships was broken last week uh, during maintenance. So the company continues to be in the headlines, probably not for the reasons it would want. Um, Bring Charlie in now, Charlie Conchie, our fintech VC, private equity report, all the cool new stuff going on in the city, our Shoreditch reporter, if you will. Um, Charlie, you were out and about this week at the Innovate Finance Summit, bringing together a whole host of people from right across the world, um, everything from buy now, pay later, to payment companies, um, to yeah, VCs, hedgies, whatever. Um, some interesting stuff coming out of it, but let's start with one theme, which is around London's competitiveness. Um, interesting comments from the boss of the London Stock Exchange yesterday. They were indeed. They were quite sort of candid um, in their nature, maybe a, a bit unexpectedly so, given the sort of fintech audience as well. But she, Julia Hoggett, chief of the uh, London Stock Exchange, was essentially calling for bosses' pay to be hiked if the city is to continue attracting kind of top firms and top talent. Um, I think interestingly, it did come in the same week as well, in which you saw 
uh, Ron Khalifa, which we revealed, had uh, written to the Treasury last month calling for a similar thing, essentially saying that bosses aren't going to be willing to sort of shoulder the risk expected of them mm. um, at top firms if the remuneration did not keep pace. So I think it's interesting to see that there is a, a sort of a slight bit of mood music coming out of the city at the moment that bosses do perhaps need to be uh, to be kept kind of well yeah, well coffered in line with uh, in line with the level of liability they're expected to take on. Yeah, and the risk, of course, as well, because you know I think we've talked a lot about uh, the changes in the city potentially post Brexit and and the city needing to be a, probably more risky, a little more willing to take those sort of longer term punts in terms of where it puts its capital. Obviously, we've talked about solvency too, freeing up insurers and pension funds to do exactly that. Um, Khalifa was also talking about a mindset shift, right, of people being a bit more open to innovation, which I thought was quite interesting. Yeah, and I think that was one of the themes that you heard again and again at Innovate Finance was a a slightly more willing kind of um, mindset from UK investors to back these sort of long-term growth opportunities. And I think, to be fair, it is something that we've seen government try and encourage with sort of uh, you know a number of reviews now into pensions regulation and trying to sort of loosen the cap to allow more institutional money to flow into these these sort of growth investments. Um, and the, this, the letter that went into the Treasury again was looking at this conservative mindset shift um, mm. and I know you mentioned cedars at the top of the uh, the top of the podcast there as well and again Jeff Kaliski was saying that there is just this government kind of uh, sort of punishing in a way and putting this high charge on uh, pension funds that do want to back these growth investments and as a result what you're seeing is foreign funds coming in mm. swooping in on our exciting growth opportunities and mm. pension savers overseas reaping the benefits of that. Yeah, absolutely. It was an interesting, um, interesting interview there with Cedars. Um, an interesting weekend. One of the firms that I guess we could, one of the areas I guess we could look at in particular is is around buy now, pay later, as it's described. They were out in force at the summit. I think it's fair. So you sat down with Klarna. I did a little video interview with um, the boss of Afterpay, which is Clearpay in the UK, the uh, Aussie company that's bought by Square now block Jack Dorsey's payments outfit. Um, some really interesting comments on regulation from the, the Klarna Global boss um, on Monday about the UK's approach to regulation, particularly now it has left the European Union. Yes, again, very punchy. Um, he did a, a really interesting fireside chat, which I think he sort of parachuted in for for about three hours and then flew out again, um, but was was very sort of positive about the regulatory regime really in the UK and in comparison to Brussels, he said that Brussels had produced some of the, the worst regulation ever created in its anti-money laundering and know your customer regulation. He called it prescriptive. Um, and I think said that since we have left the EU, there's been a real, you know, impetus and mindset shift to try and create a regulatory regime that sort of, you know, adopts some of the, the best bits of EU regulation and creates some of the, uh, some new, more dynamic stuff as well. And I think you've seen that with, you know, the whole backdrop to innovate finance was the Khalifa review and the progress mm. on it. And we saw it with the Hill review as well last year. There has been a push from UK regulators and the city to, to sort of create a new regulatory environment that does create and foster growth. Yeah, that's it's certainly something we've heard about. I guess the, the, it's going to be a proof is in the pudding thing with the Hill and Khalifa yeah. reviews um, and how quickly the Treasury and various others can move on it. We we should just briefly talk about the the push on crypto as well. Um, the UK is going to be a home to fintechs, but it's also apparently going to be a home to the the crypto industries of the future. Um, politicians out and about 
uh, all week saying, you know, how, how open Britain was all the while the Bank of England complaining somewhat um, pointlessly, it seems that the area is, is rife with fraud. What's your, what's your feel, I guess, on the kind of understanding of crypto, the risks and opportunities, um, at that polit- political regulatory level? Or is it just, this is the shiny new thing. Let's keep talking about it because politicians like to attach themselves to shiny new things. Well, I think maybe we could infer a bit there from the release of an NFT as an emblem of the UK's support for the crypto ecosystem. But it was interesting, as you said, that it came on the same day that the Bank of England was kind of warning on of the dangers of it. Um, but it was certainly, you know, given current movements and there was a bit of a feeling from, you know, that regulators were sort of pushing crypto firms away. And I think we'd already seen in recent weeks with the FCA that there was a number of firms who were looking like they might withdraw um, mm. from the UK. So it was certainly a sort of statement of intent that the UK is open for business to, to crypto yeah, and wants sure. to become a, a hub. Well, certainly somebody thinks it's either a good or bad idea because we're recording this. I'm looking out the window at some lightning, which has just struck um, the Hunter Bishop's Cape building. So I guess we at least know that that's Earth. There's another one. Thunder rolling around the city of London today. Very exciting. Hopefully there'll be equal dynamism in our in our growing fintech economies. Um, the rest of London fintech week, not it, it won't be quite as high as on the on the radar as, as that Innovate Finance Summit. But purely the fact that it, it was held at the Guildhall, it was able to get the people it was getting in, suggests that you know it is true that Europe, when it comes to Europe at least, um, London really is just streets ahead. It is the place to be, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen that in sort of uh, funding figures over the last year as well. And um, I think John Glenn was quite keen to make the point that the, you know, the amount of capital that's flowed into UK fintech has far exceeded its neighbours on the continent. Um, And even as you say, the the fact that there is such a sort of strong political presence and um, Rishi Sunak's been very keen to champion the sector as a sort of, um, you know, driving innovation and financial services. Um, And the feeling, I think, from the fintechs themselves and the people who were there was that there'd been good political engagement over the last year. The Khalifa Review was all, was formed the backdrop of the whole event and what the progress had been like mm. over the past year. Um, broadly, I think the feeling was, you know, plenty done and plenty more to be mm. done. Um, so, yeah, still likely to be a lot more political championing to come, I'd imagine. Yeah, indeed. Well, it's still nice to, to for once, talk about good news and growing economies rather than inflation and cost of living and all sorts of things. Um, Charlie, thanks for joining us. That's all from us at City View Podcast. I've been Annie Sylvester. We'll be back tomorrow. And then uh, the day after that, it'll be our usual tech and crypto special when Charlie will be back, along with Nassan Silva and Lily Russell-Jones. All from me. For now, have a good evening. <laughs>